In today's podcast, we are going to discuss conflict and why it's so important to face it and resolve it and give you a few, a few tips on how to do it better in your family. Welcome to the Art of Raising Humans. Hello and welcome to episode 67 of the Art of Raising Humans. I'm Kyle. And I'm Sarah. And today we want to start part two on a conversation about conflict. Yes. Um, last week we started a conversation on dysfunctional conflict, kind of what defines a dysfunctional family is their inability to face and resolve conflict. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's one of the key components that, that yeah. you're looking for. Yeah. And we also talked about every family has some aspect of dysfunction in it. Right. You know? right. Nobody's I mean, perfect. We're not going to be perfect. Not well, and, I, and I've never met a family that can resolve every conflict, right? Right. I mean, there's, there's, there's some conflicts that are just hard to discuss, right? Some conflicts that are hard to face. The goal isn't to necessarily, that that's not the goal. The goal is just more often than not, we're creating a family where conflict mm-hmm. can be discussed and faced right. and resolved. Right. And we are more focused on us as parents and our children. So the home that we're in, we're not... We'll maybe we'll touch on this later, but we're not necessarily talking about all the aunts and uncles and grandparents yes. and great grandparents, yes. and you know we're talking about your home environment and how to create that space. Yeah, I'm sure everyone listening to this, you've got if you think about it, I'm sure there's names, faces popping up in your mind right now about conflict that you're like, how would I ever resolve that? You know, right? And so we're not trying to have a discussion on here about how to resolve every conflict in your life. Mm-hmm. It's instead how to create an atmosphere first, how to be a person who is safe to have conflict with. Yeah. 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 I'm thinking of the movie A Few Good Men, you know, where where he said you can't handle the truth. Right. And all too often <laughs> conflict isn't getting resolved because the kids think about their parents, you can't handle the truth. Yeah. You know, if I tell you the truth, you can't handle it because you freak out or you shut down or you start to cry every time we talk about yeah. it. You know, I you just get mad, blow up at me, send me in my room. Yeah. So we want, we're just trying to discuss here about how to create a family where conflict is okay and that conflict is accepted. Conflict is actually invited if, if it's going to, you know, we're going to use it as a way to grow closer together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that idea that conflict is an opportunity. We have a whole podcast about that, about conflict conflict being an opportunity to either pull away from each other or to get mm-hmm. closer to each other. Mm-hmm. So so if I can just kind of plant that idea that conflict is, a, is an opportunity for isolating or moving towards and being more intimate, you know? And so every time you get human beings together, there is going to be conflict. Yes. Conflict is inevitable. Yes. Because so, we, we have our own agendas. We have mm-hmm. our own wants and needs yeah. and opinions and ideas mm-hmm. and et cetera and et cetera. Yeah. And so... Unless we're all clones of each other, which we're not, those things are going to butt up against each other sometimes. And that's healthy, normal, and okay. Well, once again, anytime you rub against somebody, it causes friction. Okay. Right. So the closer I get to you, the more friction there's going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's physically, but also emotionally, you know, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So, so just if I start with that premise, you're not getting conflict out of the family. It's part of it. And all you can do is suppress it, you know, like stamp it down by getting mad every time it comes or just ignore it. Mm-hmm. You know, those are two ways a lot Sweep of families. it under the rug. Yes. So we want to present a third option is instead to face it with open hands, to co-create yeah. a resolution 
with that person you're having the conflict with, you know? Mm -hmm. But before we do that, I want to, I want to go back to the triangulation. You remember? So the triangulation, just to recap that, you've got this triangle of a victim, a persecutor, and a rescuer. So we want to be aware of that. Am am I being a referee? Is my kid pulling me in to team up against another kid? Mm -hmm. Is as spouses, are we teaming up against our children? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, Or is one of the kids helping me team up against my spouse? And all these kind of things are real common. And I want to be real. Very hard to avoid. Yeah. Sometimes you're halfway in the middle of it before you realize, oh, wait, oh, that's what we're doing right now. I mean, you you and I have experienced this a lot. There's many times you're like, what is Kyle doing? I don't know if I agree with that, you know, or I'll think, I don't know if I have Sarah's back on that because I don't think that, you know, and it seems like you're not being loyal to the other person and that somehow we're supposed to agree every time. Otherwise the kids will see a fissure and they're now going to exploit it, you know, as opposed to just saying that conflict's really not between me and that person, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. You want to point them back to each other mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and believe that the other person can do it. And I've appreciated that so much, Sarah, with our relationship is there were times that I blew up and I got mad and you definitely did not approve of how I was handling it, but you trusted that inevitably I was going to come back around and I was going to reconnect with the kids and we were going to resolve that conflict. Yeah. That's yeah. uh, yeah. Because if I go in and I, I make it better, so to speak, it, it doesn't ever fix the thing that happened between you and the child. And I I I guess that, and I knew you would go and, and I guess I'd speak to that, Sarah, I'd speak to that, to any parents who are listening to this, who go, wow, well, that's not how my marriage is. Yeah. We, I don't, I don't, I don't trust that they can is Mm -hmm. you, you really as a couple need to come together and, and, and make a commitment to trust that the other one does want what's best for the kid mm-hmm. really is trying their best to, 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 to help that kid and love that kid. And I know there's obviously cases of abuse and we're not talking right, about that. I was going to say, we're not talking the, about that. The, the scope of this <laughs> yes. is not talking yeah. about unhealthy, hurtful, damaging, yeah. those kinds of things. That's not what the scope of this is. This yeah. is yeah. We're talking about We obviously about want your environment to be safe, Yes, but you eventually have to believe that, see the best in one another and believe mm-hmm. that the other person really does want a good relationship with that. And kid. if anything, help each other do that. Yes. Yes. Versus coming in as the rescuer. Yeah. Cause I think it's easy. Once I think, you know, once I start to judge you, Sarah, and think that you are the persecutor and you are are the bad guy. I need to team up and protect my kids. Mm-hmm. It's hard for you to get out of that. You know, then mm-hmm. I start to notice that and then you feel defensive. So then you act more. And the children you know. learn that's, they learn to look for that and yeah. it's not going to stop there. Mm-hmm. They're going to be married someday yeah. and then they're going to look for someone to jump in and that and relationship. Yep. They're obviously going to be at work someday yeah. and look for that same thing. So it just teaches them to always, either they're going to either, I'm always the perp- the, the person who's aggressing and hurting someone or I'm yeah. always the victim and they're just looking for that dynamic because it's what they learned in their childhood. Yep. That brings me to the question, why resolve conflict? Why is that important? Lots of reasons. I feel like my mind just goes, how Mm -hmm. are we going to cover that? Mm -hmm. But to be healthy and whole, Mm -hmm. because even though I sweep it under the rug, it's actually not gone. It's still there. And and honestly, it even affects our physical health. Yes, There's lots of that you can go read and we won't talk about all that. But storing stuff inside actually harms us Mm -hmm. so that's one reason obviously there's a broken relationship that doesn't get repaired and it's just limping along as it can yeah and I think it just increases, like, I almost think of it, Sarah, of like a wound that never gets treated. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't treat that wound, what ends up happening to it? It ends up getting, you know, like gangrene. 
and it starts getting a what's the word I'm thinking of infected. Right. So like this infection starts to happen. So yeah, if we just it, cover it up, yeah. either with stamping it uh-huh. or with height, just don't look, just don't look. Yeah. Either way, you're covering up. You're not actually bringing the full health and repair that that relationship needs. Well, and you know the thing I hate about it is not resolving conflict too. Also takes the the narrative out of my hands. You know, that when we have conflict with our kids or with our spouse and we don't go back and follow up and and, and try to seek a resolution is it takes a life of its own. You know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden that conflict, it's almost like a, a file opens up in the kid's mind and they start to believe things that may not necessarily be true about you, you know, yeah. and you never have a chance to go back and rewrite that. But or believe things about themselves. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. You know? And I think about marriage, like lots of times in marriage counseling, these conflicts pile up on top of each other. And yeah. by the time they eventually address it, there's like 50 unresolved conflicts that, yeah. that now are trying to be discussed and yeah. it's very difficult. So if you can address them as they come and, and learn from them and grow from them. So I think that's one that's really reason is really, really important reason is you don't want conflict to become something that's toxic and infected. Because it'll kill the relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you see, we all know, obviously divorce and fallout between parent-child relationships when they're adult years. And, you know, that those things don't really go away. We think we've got it tucked back in a corner, but yeah. And I think on a bigger picture is I know you and I want to bring kids into this world who know how to resolve the conflicts of the world Mm -hmm. because this world has a bunch of people that don't know how to resolve conflict. Yeah. A bunch of aggression, a bunch of yelling, a bunch of like violence and all this. It's like if we could just learn how to resolve conflicts as human beings, you know, so I want to encourage every parent to, to see your job even on a bigger scale that it's, it's yes, I want to resolve conflict in my own family, but I want to bring kids into the world that can be conflict resolvers in their communities, in their mm-hmm. workplaces, mm-hmm. you know, in, in their in their towns and cities and states and so forth. Mm-hmm. Because we need people who are not afraid of looking at conflict and yet coming to a resolution with somebody else who disagrees with them. Yeah. I also so, think that whenever you have a conflict that's unresolved and we've just kind of shut it down in, in whatever way we have done that, that there's that piece of somebody that's still always hidden and they didn't get to be fully known and they didn't feel safe to do that yeah, or yeah. or wasn't allowed to do that or whatever it might be and so you so the relationship is just sort of sad mm. that somebody's hidden and tucked yeah. away instead Can't be of being themselves. Yeah. fully known fully yeah. loved fully understood with that open communication between each other yeah. and that's no you can feel that I'd, like I said I've talked to many teenagers who will bring mm-hmm. subjects up and when I ask are they willing to talk with this about their parent and they say no I'm not willing to do that because I don't think it's going to go well I don't think it's going to be resolved you know I don't think they're going to listen yeah. and, and the kid has just resign themselves to the fact that there's just part of me that my parents will never know. Yeah. And and when I talk to the parents, they're crying in my office saying they wish they could know their kid. Mm-hmm. But they don't even realize that it's been their own reactions over time that have brought the kid to a point to say, I don't think they can handle this. Yeah. It would take a lot of work. And sometimes when I've met the parents, I, I don't know if they can. You right. know, I hope they can, but I trust the kid. That the kid thinks the parent can't do it, then we're just not going to talk about that. Yep. So we have to kind of beat around the bush around it, but uh, but we just don't feel the freedom to discuss it. You know? mm-hmm. So I think everybody listening to this doesn't want that kind of relationship. Right. And so that's why it's so important to make it a goal to shift your perspective on conflict, to not be afraid of it, although it can be scary, although it can be hard. I know when I've done this in my office, I've had 
had clients shaking as they're telling about somebody because they're so worried about the loss of the relationship. They think everything is going to be lost if I bring this up, you know? Mm-hmm. And my whole goal for almost a session or two is just to convince them, hey, I think we can do this. I think they can handle it. And it's been really cool. Most of the time, the parents can handle it. Now, sometimes they have flipped out and it's not gone well. And that's unfortunate. But mm-hmm. most of the time, the kid is able to then face the conflict with the parent and the parent shows them that they can do it. And it's really awesome to see how much more intimate their relationship can be. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's our power as a parent to take care of ourselves and get ourselves into healthy places so that our children can bring their full selves mm-hmm. to us, mm-hmm. including all the conflicts that yeah. will be there at some point. Well, one more thing I want to say about that, too, is, is we want conflict also because it helps us learn more about ourselves and about each other. You mm-hmm. know? So it's through, I don't know how many times the kids have revealed things to me that I didn't even know I was conveying. That they said, Dad, it looked like you were saying this or you came across this way. And it was yeah. only through resolving the conflict and talking about the conflict that I go, I didn't know I even came across that way. Yes. I didn't so mean to true. send that message at all. Yeah. And, and you're so glad you engaged the child in the conversation because if they had just gone off and done whatever thing, mm-hmm. you would never know that that was their takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. And then also about the relationship we have together is that once we resolve the conflict, can better understand and kind of fine tune how to communicate better in the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many times in our marriage, there's been ways in which I grew up dealing with conflict that you did not grow up dealing with conflict that way. And so mm-hmm. almost our first five years of marriage was a bunch of like, why do you do conflict that way? Because <laughs> I do it this way. And it was yeah. a bunch of learning little ways to say it in different you know, ways, yeah. different ways to you know, cha- you know the, the body language. The, the facial experience, all this stuff. And so with like, I, I'm thinking of a really easy one with Abby is Abby gets tired of me telling story after story after story. She just, well, let's get down to the conflict. Let's talk about it. Let's deal with mm-hmm. it. And so she thinks, and lots of teenagers tell me this too, is the stories that parents tell, the, 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 they lecture too long, they talk too much. And so they just get bored with the whole resolution process. So that's why they don't want to do it. And so in that, we had to learn a new kind of dance mm-hmm. that I need to pull back on that and, and try to get away from the whole lecture stuff and just do more just asking questions, just listening. Mm-hmm. And, and that that's helped me be a better human, but also helped her better understand how to, uh, to resolve conflict herself. Sarah and I, when we were discussing this, we, we do realize that there are going to be conflicts that may just not get resolved. Yeah. Okay. Because because yeah. just like we said, triangulation doesn't work. The two against one does not work. In order to resolve conflict, conflict's only going to be resolved when you have two people in the conflict who are open to learning how to listen and understand each other better. Mm-hmm. So two people have to come to the table willing and have a desire to resolve that conflict. Together. Right. Yeah. So we have the, those conflicts with, let's say you're a grown adult. Let's say me, if I had a conflict with my father, but I know he's not willing to talk about that. He mm-hmm. said that mm-hmm. or he did. And there are some times I have to acknowledge, okay, yes, I, I'm yeah. just not going to be yes. able to go engage that conflict yeah, with yeah, him yeah. and have a resolution. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean I can't resolve it within myself. Exactly. Yes. You know, and this podcast is not meant to cover that, but forgiveness or getting my own healing or something like that, you know, that. That there are ways to find resolution from within yourself. Yes. And still and and heal and repair myself Mm -hmm. if I can't go and fix something with somebody else. Yeah. 
so there are times and people say it's not safe for me to go talk about this yes. and and we honor that and respect that and that is entirely true coming back to with our children though mm-hmm. i think if our child isn't willing to engage something with us that's sort of on me yeah now there comes a point where they've grown and maybe you have changed and they're mm-hmm. not willing yeah, yeah. they they don't feel like that's safe they don't trust that mm-hmm. but you have a lot of power to create the space that they will engage yeah that's great. Yeah. And so I, I, I love how you brought that back to what we're trying to do here is understand that, yes, outside of the family, there may be unresolved conflict. You can do some work to resolve the conflict within yourself. But as we're raising little kiddos, um, we want to create a, a culture you know, mm-hmm. uh, of value that conflict isn't too much for us. Mm-hmm. We can face it. Mm-hmm. We can discuss and we need to. We need to if we're going to have the family we want. And it's an invitation. It's not running down the hall. We're going to solve this conflict. Get back over here and resolve this conflict. It's not like that. It's it's a constant invitation Mm -hmm. for your child to show up, bring their ideas, thoughts, and opinions, no matter how uncomfortable, and we can join together. And resolve this. And I'm telling you, this is going to be one of the hardest things to invite your kids into because your kids yeah. are going to see you mess up a lot. Mm-hmm. They're going to see conflict between <clears throat> mom and dad that doesn't seem to go well. They're going to see conflict between kids at school. Conflict, I mean, Like I said, they're getting a lot of messages that conflict is not something you want to address or follow. So lots of the kids are just so busy, Sarah. I mean, they're busy from the time they wake up, time to go to sleep. Yeah. Conflict takes time. It's got to happen an invitation and a space has to be created for that. And a lot of times we just stay so busy, we don't ever have time to address the conflict. So I'll ask parents, some some big event will, will happen. They'll come to me and a session, it's something that happened a week ago, they still haven't talked about it with the kid. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been no follow-up simply because they've been so busy. Yeah. And, it, and it's easier to stay busy than it is to go back. And then by the time you're willing to follow up, it seems like old news. Yep. You know, there's been we, some, People yeah. do that in their relationships mm-hmm. too. Right. I mean, the kids are very in tune with that. They'll see if, oh, there was some tension there or, oh, this mom or dad is always giving in to the other parent or, you know, the kids pick up on that. So it's not just the yelling conflict. It's the quiet conflict as well, yeah, the passive-aggressive yeah, yeah. conflict yeah. as well. Yeah. Children see all of that. And if you that's not getting resolved, they're learning from that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Dr. Becky Bailey saying that, Sarah, that she said kids don't learn necessarily how to do conflict resolution um, between you and them. They watch how you do it with their other parent, you know, yeah. because they're thinking this is nice how you do it with me, even if you if you do it really well. Mm-hmm. But if you're not doing it well with the other adult, they're like, well, when I become an adult, that's how you're going to do it. You know, eventually yeah. I'll become an adult and I'll, I'll I'll yell or I'll be passive aggressive or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's really important. I, I tried to be really intentional what you and I both did about how are we resolving conflict with the kids, you know, with each other while the kids are present. Yeah. How are we doing? Are we, are we just putting it under the rug? Are we addressing it in a healthy way? Are yeah. we blowing up at each other? You know, what are we showing the kids about conflict resolution? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, a couple key helpful things I think that you could take away from this is moving away from being a referee to being a coach. So if you're trying to resolve conflict among kids, and um, and even this can work with a parent and a kid, is just be a coach. You're on the same team. You're not on opposing teams. So what that looks like is, um, I know, Sarah, you've done this before, where I've been in a conflict with one of the kids, and you say, hey, I have some thoughts on that, some things. And I say, okay, tell me. And then you'll throw some ideas at me. And it might even be there in the midst of the conflict. Mm -hmm. 
but it's like you helping coach both of us. Other times we've done it with our kids, you know, to where Abby and Brennan have been fighting together and we coach them through that. Mm -hmm. We don't think either one of them needs to get a card or needs to get a flag. We think both of them want to resolve the conflict. They just need help. Yep. Yeah. Even if it's even in the case of hey, so and you know, I'll make up something. Yeah, Brennan, blame was obvious. Yeah, yeah, Brennan hit Abby for mm-hmm. no reason. She was just mm-hmm. being the sweet girl, mm-hmm. and he just walked up and hit her. Mm-hmm. And let's say something really obvious like that. That's still a coaching opportunity. Yes. Yeah. That's still a what was going on inside of you, Brennan? Because mm-hmm. he didn't just walk up and hit her. Something mm-hmm. was there. Bring it to light. Help him to voice that and learn the skills. Yeah. So we won't get into a whole lot of that. But I'm saying sometimes I think you know. I hear that and I go, yeah, but sometimes this person was just really in the wrong yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and I need to come It's in real there. easy to team up and go, he's yeah. obviously the bad guy. Yeah. yeah. But all of those are still coaching because he yes. still can learn how to work with that mm-hmm. and voice that. And then she can still learn if someone walks up and just whacks her yeah, how to in the that. face. Right. What can I do? How mm-hmm. can I talk to him? But I'm pointing them to each other. Yeah. It's great. As a coach. You're always pointing them to. It takes two to come together, and then you're coaching them through. The other one I like that a lot of parents have used to try to help with this, Sarah, is maybe having like a truth table. You know, a table where they can sit Mm -hmm. down with the kid and that table is just, you can say whatever you're thinking and feeling, whatever you want. And and no matter what it is, I promise you, I will handle it. I'm not going to blow up at you. I'm not going to. And that has lots of times switched the the dance, you know, the dance that the kid isn't willing to talk about it. And once the kid goes, wow, I can say it and you're not going to blow up at me. Okay. Then I would love to try that. So I think. Yeah. Especially if you have that history of blowing Mm -hmm, up mm -hmm. or not having the best reactions, the reactions that you want to have, that's it's okay if you're in it your child won't trust you at first that's a great way i think to bring it to practice it be ready you know and they'll probably test the waters they're gonna yeah, throw something out there exactly, yeah. how you doing with that one yeah, mom yeah, or dad mm-hmm, how you doing mm-hmm. with that one yeah, can you and as it? long as you keep make this a regular thing and you keep showing up and being able to handle it and talk about it then they will start chunking out the the yeah. really deep stuff yeah. inside. That's great. Okay, so uh, what, what I hope you're getting from this podcast is just to start noticing what is your goal in conflict? Is it to make it go away? Is it to ignore it, hope it disappears? Is it to kind of stamp it out? Or is it to learn and grow from it? So I would encourage you just to start to notice that when you see conflict among the siblings, when you have conflict with your spouse, are you trying to learn and grow from it to understand yourself better and understand them better? Because I think it's not only an important opportunity, but a necessary one to have a healthy family. So thank you so much for listening today. And I want to encourage you. We'd love your comments. We'd love for you to rate this podcast and please share it with friends. 2023, we hope, is a big year for us, not only with the speaking events that we're doing at churches and schools and uh, other kind of venues, um, but also for the podcast to really reach so many more families because so many families right now need help and they need support. And Sarah and I are doing our best to try to provide that. So thank you for listening and being part of this community. Thanks for listening. The Art of Raising Humans podcast should not be considered or used as counseling, but for educational purposes only.